Greetings, listeners. Welcome to the Cold Fusion Now podcast, where we bring you the latest developments in the science, engineering, and business of Cold Fusion Leonard. I'm your host, Ruby Garrett. Today, I'm speaking with Frank Acklin, the creator and administrator for ECAT World, which began as a platform for news and talk about Andrea Rossi's ECAT invention, but has evolved to publish general Leonard news by and for the community. Thanks for speaking with us today, Frank Ackland. Thank you for inviting me to do so. <laughs> well, talk about the beginning. Why did you first decide to create ECAT World? And, and when was that? Well, it was early in 2011. Probab- I, know, I know the date was, uh, I think it was April 4th, 2011 was my first post on ECAT World. Um, and I did it following, it was the uh, Focardi Rossi um, news conference was late in January of that year. And I became aware of it through some friends um, bringing it to my attention, and I just got I just got interested in it, and I thought, you know, why is this not being reported on more uh, anywhere else? And um, I thought it was a, a story worth following, and thought that, well, if no one else is going to, well, I'm not saying I was, I'm the only one, but well, yeah, I thought it was worth putting out there on the internet. And um, once I started, I really have not been able to stop. <laughs> Because, you know, it's never, to me, it's never, the story has never died. It's, you know, it's become long and winding road. But um, to me, I'm just as um, as interested now as I was back then. So I just haven't stopped. And I don't plan on stopping until there is some obvious resolution, which who knows. I don't, I don't know what the future is going to hold. So I'm just going to keep going uh, until... Something happens where I can't go any longer, but I'm not at that point at all. Well, that's uh, the thing. Um, There was so much battling over his technology and very little details to go on. Uh How do you manage to keep, how did you manage to keep things civil in (laughs) those early days when it was so contentious? Well, okay, my policy, I guess, I I started my policy early on was that I didn't want to be a I didn't want to be presiding or administering a website which was full of acrimony and argument. So I set set up some rules that I was comfortable living with. Uh, basically, I wanted ECAT World to be a place where this was a, a topic that was this was taken seriously. I have always felt uh, that Andrea Rossi has came up with something important. I've never felt that he's been, you know, telling a big lie all these years over what he's done. Obviously, he's very secretive and so forth. Um, so I just made it a policy that we're, it's not going to be uh, a, a, a forum way we're going to, people are going to argue about whether he is a, a fraud or a liar or if, if you know, it just, that got, that's just, really uh 
just not really what I want the website to be. And so uh, that I set up some moderation rules, which are listed on my site, and I've stuck to them, and uh, I've, I'm, I'm comfortable with them. And I've, I know there are some people who don't like the fact that uh, certain comments are not allowed on the site, certain types of comments are not allowed, allowed on the site, and I'm, I understand that. Um, and people are, you know, people can talk elsewhere about however they want to, but I just, I just decided to set up set up some ground rules, and for me, it's worked well. And I feel like uh, there are certain 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 of the readers are fine with that too, and so that's kind of how I I've handled it. Mm-hmm. Well, you went to see and meet Andrea Rossi and yep. witness, uh, I believe it was the Quark X. Right. So this was, um, gosh, this was, I believe, 2016 was, uh, I received an invitation to come and visit with him um, in Florida. Um I wish I had the date in front of me, but I don't remember exactly. I I just I believe it was I believe it was early 2017. But yes, mm-hmm. I think it was I think it was a I believe it was March. So I went there, and he took me to his lab that was, um, I believe it was in the the actual Doral facility where he had been running that big big machine for for that long year period or so like that Mm -hmm. i never actually saw that this was this was actually right in the middle of the uh the lawsuit situation with industrial heat and uh i remember at the time it was kind of an ongoing thing so yeah but he was at that point he was working on the um i can't i i think he was calling it the quark back then it was a a small machine um, on a desktop. Um, actually, I believe the best picture that uh, has been published of that was by Matt Lewin um, back in, oh, it would have been January, I believe. Um, it's just a little tabletop thing, and uh, he was sure he showed me that, and we we did we took measurements, and he showed me calculations, and he came up with. Um, a, uh, at the time, the COP was somewhere around twenty thousand or something like that. Um, but that was that was kind of at the beginnings of when he had developed away from. I don't know what the old the, there was a, there was an old uh, system, and he had developed the I guess it was a plasma system. Is this this was kind of the first iteration of that and that's what he's continuing to work on Hmm. you know he spent the year inside the shipping container and (laughs) this was shortly following the end of that test and it was at the same time it was the the period in which he was involved in the litigation hmm what did you think about the quark x (laughs) well it was fascinating to me, of course, because I'd never seen an ECAT in my life. Um, I was, uh, you know, I was, I was basically a, 
a student. He was a tutor. He was showing me what he had. He was taking measurements with this uh, spectrometer, and uh, he was showing me how he was calculating the um, the energy in the plasma. Um, of course, you know this was this is not an area that I have any expertise in at all. So I was just basically mm -hmm. sitting, sitting there, almost like he was the he was the teacher and I was the student, and I was he was explaining how he was coming to his conclusions as to what the what the COP was. So you know, I I saw it with my own eyes. Um, I I kind of followed along how he was coming to his calculations. Um, but this was like it was in the early days, and. Um, you know, one thing that I did know that, that, that there was a big control system on the desk, and he showed me this box here is the control system, and it was putting some kind of uh, secret um, waveform into his plasma, and I I did not know what was what was in there, and he was measuring the the energy on the pla on the plasma side of the. Um, of of the control system, so he wasn't measuring the input into the control system. So you know, it was there was that to, there was that kind of issue. Mm -hmm. um, if you understand what I'm trying to say, although I'm not explaining it very well. But uh, anyway, without getting into too much detail, I just basically was there as someone following along and thinking. Wow, if this really is true, then this is quite a big deal, a very big deal actually. Um, but at the time as well, it was it was a new technology. Now I, I will say that at the time that I went, I went as I, before I, we went into the room. He pulled out a piece of paper and it was an NDA, and I signed the NDA. So when I was there, uh, I wasn't taking photographs. I was uh, I realized that you know this isn't something mm -hmm. I'm going to be able to go home and report about. <laughs> but then um, later on in that year was um, the presentation that was held in Stockholm in which he basically showed the same system. Mm -hmm. And then I asked, I asked him after that, I said, okay, now you've shown it to the world. Is it okay if I report on what I witnessed? And he said, yeah, it's fine. Go ahead. So then I, so my NDA, NDA was basically lifted after the Stockholm demonstration. Mm -hmm. And basically what I saw was what was shown in Stockholm. I mean, I, was, I never saw the megawatt unit. All I learned about the megawatt unit was what he had reported during his time in, during it, and what came out of the court case. And so, so um, I, think I, you know, I think the megawatt unit actually worked, but it sounded like he had to be there constantly to keep it going. It was almost like it just needed, um, it needed constant care and attention, and that I, I think that it was not something that it was not something that he could commercialize at that point in the, in in that format. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I be yeah. I believe that uh, he learned a lot from it, mm -hmm. and I think that for some reason somehow he was able to translate information he got from the big unit and start making small units. And you know, was he he still perfecting it. <laughs> so we're not there yet. 
We'll be right back with Frank Ackland of ECAT World to talk about what's happening with Andrea Rossi's ECAT today, right after this community calendar. The Leonard Forum is where Leonard Talk happens. Join the conversation at leonard-forum.com. And we're back with Frank Ackland, the creator and administrator of ECAT World. Now, Frank, let's get down to it. We know that Andrea Rossi took a deal with Industrial Heat, but did not cooperate with that program. Why did he choose to do that? And what do you know of this episode between them? I don't know much of anything of the, the, the went on behind the scenes. Uh, beyond that was reported on his, uh, his blog and uh, also that came out in court. Um, my take is, I think when Andrea Rossi made a deal with Industrial Heat, my sense is that he probably thought that he was, you know, they were going to be his supporters and they were going to be, you know, kind of working together and he was going to, they were going to support him. And I think that um, when they started working with other researchers, I think this was the, probably the thing that, that uh, upset him initially was that um, he, they were not only supporting him and the ECAP, but they were supporting other Lena researchers. And um, hmm. I think that I don't think that sat well with him because, as we know from the very beginnings, uh, he's been very circumspect in what he says about his technology. Uh, he probably told Industrial Heat things that. He assumed um, were going to be, um, you know, they were they were going to be his supporters, and maybe he was concerned that they were going to be. Sh- and I think this is one of the complaints in 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 the court case was he was concerned that they were sharing information that he told them in confidence with other researchers and those kinds of things. So that that was kind of my feeling was that he felt like he was. I, maybe he felt like his IP was being via, violated or shared without his authorization, and uh, that was not what he was hoping for uh, uh, when the deal was initially struck. Um, so I feel like uh, he he just that that was just not something that he. He had had envisioned, and he was very upset about it, obviously, and decided that uh, he wanted to fight to get out of this. Um, and he, he very shortly, it was, oh gosh, 20, I don't remember the date, I think it's 2015, 2016. Uh, he, he's started that lawsuit and that's when everything just kind of blew up he had a demonstration uh over the internet uh of his most recent unit 
And yes. um, until we have third-party confirmation, right. it's, of course, impossible to tell what's going on. What do you think? Do you believe Andrea Rossi has a working technology right now? Uh, what's the consensus with the oh. people <laughs> at ECAT World? Okay, is, is there a consensus? I don't know if there is a consensus. <laughs> uh, my My feeling is, yes, I think he does. I think he has a very advanced technology um but i i might not be in the that may not that may not be the consensus i think a lot of people had hoped that uh following the 2011 press press conference with focardi that all this would be out in the open by now and we'd be we'd be using ecats in our at least in our business, in the business world, uh, if not in our homes. So I think you know, as as uh, you and I know, it's it's been a, a long time. Um, but my my impression is that Andrea Rossi has always had very big ambitions as an industrialist, and as an industrialist, he want he is extremely extremely secretive because probably um i mean i think he's a very very smart man i think he's worked extremely hard over these years but if somebody knew what he was doing and knew knew the ins and outs of the ecat that it would be not too difficult for them to uh to replicate and i think that's something that he definitely does not want to happen because this is He's an industrialist, and he wants to have, uh, as a you know, as his, this is not in his business interests to to share that information. Um, so, yes, I we I believe. we pretty much believe that that's impossible to happen. You mean, I mean to keep to keep it, secrets forever? Once. Any technology comes yeah, out, sure. it's going to be sure. re engineered yeah. uh, immediately. Well, yeah, and I think that's the reason why he has been so guarded is that he wants to make that possibility uh, as slim as possible. I don't know if that's possible to happen because, as we know, there are many, many people who have, who realize or believe that there is definitely something to the to the letter phenomenon and i think at the moment we've seen that um mainstream science for the for the most part have basically dismissed it as being sort of a an area for people on the fringes of science but uh i think when the day comes that people realize that hey this is for real I think there'll be an explosion in research, and uh, I think there'll be probably people developing this technology all over the world in, in different ways. And I think at that point, uh, the um, the secrets will it will be impossible to keep the secrets. But I don't think I don't think Andrea Ross is going to. I don't think he's going to change his course. I think he's. He's made the decision on how he's going to go about it, and um, I think he'll stick to his guns. 
Well, of course, Tadahiko Mizuno has reported yes. kilowatt heat yep. Uh, yep. from his technology. Has Andrea Rossi heard about this uh, report? Yes, he has. And, uh, um, and uh, any comments from him? Well, as you, I don't know if you know, but his his standard his standard response when it comes to questions like that would be is, I never comment on my competitors. <laughs> so, right, uh, but right. I think I, I I whoever they are, yeah. I but he is. I'm sure. I know that he knows about it. I don't know what he thinks about it, but but probably um, obviously, if they are doing things that he is familiar with or you know if he's using if they're using systems that he has experience with then i'm sure he's going to be t paying attention to it and he's going to be trying to um maintain his advantage he doesn't go to conferences or meetings or collaborate with anyone right. in the broader CMNS community. Do you think he might be able to learn something that could help his engineering uh, with some collaboration hmm. in the community? Uh, well, I think he might be able to learn from, from people, but I don't think he's going to collaborate with people. That's just, you know, just that's just the way he is. He's operated all these years. Um, I'm sure that he reads. I'm sure he pays close attention to what what gets published. Um, but I don't think that he is going to change his 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 way of operating. It's. I think he's basically he set his course and he's going to do his best to stick to his course. And whether it's successful or not, we have to see. Uh, I, I really, I honestly believe, I think he has a very advanced technology. I do not know how successful his business plan will turn out to be. Um, that's, you know, that's, that's yet to be seen. It's, it still has not entered the, the mainstream of um, business or industry. So as he said recently, he is, he is in, a, in a pioneer phase. So I think he's working mm -hmm. with, Select customers. I have n no information about who any of his current current customers are. So it's there's still a, a great deal of mystery to me. Even though I've been following it closely for, for years, there's there's a great deal of mystery to me. And I've almost come to the point where I, uh, you know, I'm not really I'm not really scouring the internet to think, oh, who could he be working with? Or maybe it's this group or maybe it's that group. Uh, I just don't know. And uh, unless someone reveals themselves, I don't think we we will know until until there's something 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 to sell and something that is on the market for. Uh, I, I you know when, if a customer speaks up, then I think. Uh, it will take it will take a customer speaking out for us to kind of get or into that into that uh, get some information about that. 
if you can get this reaction going, yes. it's still hard to make a technology. And uh, I believe that he's been stuck just like everybody else in controlling the reaction. And uh, it will have to be a customer or a third party before we can accept uh, yep. what the claims are. And that's yep. that's the case yep. with every researcher. Yes. And that's the case with Tadehiko Mizuno, who, who's mm -hmm. just reported kilowatt heat and yes. uh, is now being reproduced. We'll see one way or another what happens there. <laughs> yeah, the, the encouraging thing in that, for the Mizuno um, technology, is that, you know, he's He's written a paper which is basically an instruction, giving you instructions about how he did what he's done, um, and encouraging other people to 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 follow suit. And I and and I, from what I've seen, there are numerous people who are either interested in doing this or who are already doing this. I've also read, I think it was actually on your website on Cold Fusion now that. It says that uh, Mizuno himself said that he's given reactors to, I think it was 12 different people or 12 different groups uh, yeah. for, them, for them to test. And I'm very interested to find out what they report. I, I hope it won't be too long before we, we, learn, we learn from some of these people. And uh, uh, Mizuno himself, I think, said that he was, going to, he was himself going to reveal data, and maybe he'll do that at the conference which would be very very interesting if he did it there because mm. you'll be right there you'll be right there to yes, tell us yes i all. will yeah so i can't wait um i've also uh seen that this group there's a group in estonia that just came out with a video called denium is the name of that company yeah yeah and they 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 put a video out showing themselves doing the doing the actual preparation of this uh of this reactor so I'm very interested to see what what they come up with. They had a really nice lab, but yeah. I was a little concerned about that palladium rubbing. He just okay. had a mask on, and I yes. would imagine some of that dust flying mm -hmm. around, you know, on the tabletop, on yeah. the floor, on his clothes, uh -huh. and I think that. Um, I think people should probably take a lot more precaution. It's recommended to do that in a glove box. Okay. Well, <laughs> I think um, Mr. Mizuno actually has said that, um, what is it, nickel powder is very toxic. Um, yeah. And this needs to be done under, you know, very carefully and carefully protective in, in environment, as you say. So, yeah, I'm sure it's very important to take the precautions that he recommends and that you recommend, I think it's very important. But they say they're ready to go, so yep. we yep. just have to wait for some data on oh. that one. Yeah, um, also Martin Fleischmann group, uh, Alan Goldwater, is doing something similar in California, you, which is actually not too far from you. I think he's in San Diego area. Uh, Alan Goldwater, uh, based in Santa Cruz. Oh, Santa Cruz, okay, yeah, so... He's he's published a document that um, is a a live document talking about his preparations. I'm not sure exactly at what stage he's at yet, but 
Um, so yeah, I, I'm mm. I'm encouraged by this. Uh, for the, Very exciting. Yes. <laughs> it's, an, it's an interesting time. A very interesting time. Frank Acklin, you are also a member of the Energy 2.0 Society. What's happening yeah. with that crew? Okay, so the Energy 2.0 Society is mainly people. Uh, we're a small group um, in Iowa, mostly in Iowa, but we've got someone. One of our members is from uh, Washington State. Um, we're, we formed in 2015, I think, because we felt like Again, we all kind of felt that there was something important there. Elena was an important technology, and we wanted to try and encourage more people to investigate it and learn about it. And, um, you know, for quite a while, it's been a difficult to, 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 to get that message out. Simply like we've been saying is that yeah, there's not really much that one can point to in terms of a third party saying, Yes, this is real. This works. Uh, we have had this. Uh, we've had some discussions recently, though, um, about this um, development with the Mizuno technology, and so we are, we're discussing and watching what's going on, and we're hopeful that within the not too distant future that we'll be able to. We, I think we'd like to have more meetings and discussions with people outside of the Lena community about what this technology can do what its potential is and what the implications are for the um, society in general um, but we haven't really had very much to hold up and say look at this uh, so it's we've we've been sort of watching and waiting along with many other people following this technology and we're hopeful that maybe maybe within the next year or so that there'll be more to talk about Honestly, I think the, the cold fusion community is a very small community by the size of, you know, when you compare it to other things that people are interested in, like politics, sports, music, so forth. Uh, I think the cold fusion community is very limited, actually, of people who take it seriously. I'd say there's probably maybe 10,000 people in the world who follow it seriously. There's a, you know, there's a, there's a huge industry. The, the whole solar industry is a huge industry. Many thousands and thousands of people working in it and people purchasing solar panels. It's, it's massive compared to cold fusion. Uh, but I think at some point, cold fusion will be where solar is right now. I, I really feel that. I don't know when, but I think it will happen. Just a hunch. Well, thank you for taking on the task. Uh, your work on the website and with the Energy 2.0 Society, uh, it's been, it's given a voice to the people and to express yep. themselves about yep. these issues when there was no other platforms available. And uh, thank you for speaking with us today. Thank you, Ruby. I, I really enjoyed doing so. And um I look forward to your reports coming out of the uh, conference in Italy coming up, ICCF 22, I believe it is. Yes, yes. What, what are the dates on that again? That is uh, Sunday, September 8th, is okay. the beginning welcome reception. And mm -hmm. the lectures start Monday morning and go through Friday afternoon. 
Okay, so are you going to be putting out bulletins while you're there, or are you going to just report when you get back? Yeah, I'm going to be uh, communicating with Leonard Forum and uh, hopefully answering questions and sharing information. I'm going to be getting some audio to make uh, to share some podcasts with mm-hmm. and also getting some video for a documentary film that I'll be starting to work on in 2020. Excellent. Wow, that's wonderful. That's good news. Um, yeah, wow. I'm really excited about that. <laughs> what, what is, uh, if you don't mind me asking, what's, what's the plan for the film? I mean, what's the, what's the well, vision? Well, uh, the vision for the film is to talk about this science and tell the story of why we don't have it today mm-hmm. and uh, how it's progressed Mm-hmm. and talk about what it means for our future. Good. So um, we want to highlight the positives of... Good. Yeah, there's, there's a lack of video about this. Yep. And, sure there is. Yeah. I remember there was a uh, film called The Believers. Do you remember that one? I do. <laughs> uh, I wanted to really like it. And yeah. uh, I did write a review of it, and okay. you could read that on coldfusionnow.org. I'll do whatever I can to help you if you need any uh, anything. Let me know. <laughs> right. Well, uh, we've been speaking with Frank Acklin, the creator of ECAT World, a site following the work of Andrea Rossi and other breakthrough energy developments. And where can we go for more information? Well... Um, the website is ECAT World. The website address is e-catworld.com. And that's where you'll find the uh, everything that I've published over the years. It's Let's see, I think it's over 3,000 articles in there now. Or let's say 3,000 posts. Wow. In a long, a long time. And... Uh, <laughs> I've never, I've never gotten tired of it yet, so I'm, I'm <laughs> keep it up. You know, some someone's got to do it, and I, I'm happy to keep going, even though it sometimes is a bit of a chore. But most of the time, uh, it's 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 been a labor of love. To find out what's happening, go to the eCat World website at e-catworld.com. Well, that's our show for today. Remember, you can find more episodes of our podcast on the website at coldfusionnow.org. Until next time, I'm Ruby Carrot.